Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about coils. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash coils or in the contraception section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynecology book. So let's get straight into it. Coils are devices inserted into the uterus that provide contraception. They are a form of long-acting reversible contraception. Once fitted, they work for a long time and removing the device restores fertility. There are two types of intrauterine device or coil. The copper coil, abbreviated to CU-IUD, which contains copper and creates a hostile environment for pregnancy, and the levonorgestrel intrauterine system, abbreviated to LNG-IUS. And this contains progestogen that's slowly released into the uterus. Both types of coil are more than 99% effective at preventing pregnancy when they're properly inserted. Fertility returns immediately after removal of an intrauterine device. A tom tip for you, often the two types of coil are referred to as the intrauterine device or IUD and the intrauterine system or IUS. The intrauterine device refers to the copper coil and the intrauterine system refers to the coil with hormones, specifically levonorgestrel, for example the Mirena coil. The way to remember this is that the copper coil is just a device, whereas the hormones in the Mirena coil make it a system. Let's talk about the contraindications. The contraindications for inserting a coil are pelvic inflammatory disease or pelvic infection, immunosuppression, pregnancy, unexplained bleeding, pelvic cancers, and uterine cavity distortion, for example by fibroids. Next let's go through insertion and removal of the coil. Firstly starting with insertion. In women at risk of sexually transmitted infections, for example under 25 years of age, screening for chlamydia and gonorrhea is performed before inserting a coil. You need specific qualifications to insert a coil. A bimanual is performed before the procedure to check the position and the size of the uterus and then a speculum is inserted and specialised equipment is used to fit the device. Forceps can be used to stabilise the cervix while the device is inserted. The patient's blood pressure and heart rates are recorded before and after insertion. Patients may have some temporary cramping period-like pain after the device is inserted. NSAIDs can be used to help with the discomfort after the procedure. Women need to be seen three to six weeks after insertion to check the threads and they should be taught how to feel the strings themselves in order to ensure the coil remains in place. Risks relating to the insertion of the coil include bleeding, pain on insertion, vasovagal reactions, for example dizziness, bradycardia and arrhythmias, uterine perforation occurs in 1 in 1,000 women and this is higher in breastfeeding women, pelvic inflammatory disease caused by infection, particularly in the first 20 days after it's inserted, and the expulsion rate is highest in the first three months after the coil is inserted. Next, removal. 
Before the coil is removed, women need to abstain from sex or use condoms for seven days, or there's a risk of pregnancy. The strings are located and slowly pulled in order to remove the device. Let's talk about what happens when there's non-visible threads, or the threads can't be seen. When the coil threads cannot be seen or palpated, three things need to be excluded. Expulsion, where the device has fallen out. Pregnancy and uterine perforation. Extra contraception, meaning condoms, is required until the coil is located. The initial investigation, if the threads can't be seen or felt, is an ultrasound scan, and this should hopefully be able to identify where the coil is. An abdominal and pelvic x-ray can be used to look for a coil elsewhere in the abdomen or the peritoneal cavity after a uterine perforation. Depending on the location of the coil, a hysteroscopy or laparoscopic surgery may be required. Let's talk in more detail about the copper coil. The copper coil, or the intrauterine device, is a form of long-acting reversible contraception, licensed for 5 to 10 years after insertion, depending on the device. The copper coil can also be used as emergency contraception inserted up to five days after an episode of unprotected intercourse. The notable contraindication to the copper coil is Wilson's disease. Remember that Wilson disease is the excessive accumulation of copper in the tissues and the body, so it makes sense that you don't want to add more copper into the body. Let's go through the mechanism of the copper coil. Copper is toxic to the ovum, or the egg, and the sperm. It also alters the endometrium and makes the endometrium less accepting of implantation. There are a few benefits to the copper coil. It offers very reliable contraception. It can be inserted at any time of the menstrual cycle and is immediately effective. It contains no hormones, which makes it safe for women who are at risk of venous thromboembolism or have a history of hormone-related cancers, and it may even reduce the risk of endometrial and cervical cancer. There are a few drawbacks to the copper coil, specifically that a procedure is required to insert and remove the coil with associated risks. It can cause heavy or intermenstrual bleeding, although this often settles with time. Some women experience pelvic pain with the coil, It does not protect against sexually transmitted infections. There's an increased risk of ectopic pregnancies. And it can fall out, which happens in around 5% of cases. A Tom tip for you, the copper coil is contraindicated in Wilson's disease. Wilson's disease is a condition where there's excessive accumulation of copper in the body and the tissues. Examiners like to add questions on this as it requires knowledge of the copper coil and Wilson's disease. Next, let's talk in more detail about the levonorgestrel intrauterine system. There are four types of intrauterine system that you may come across, all of which contain levonorgestrel. The Mirena coil is probably the main one to remember. It's effective for five years for contraception and is also licensed for menorrhagia and HRT. The Levocert coil is effective for five years and is also licensed for menorrhagia. The Kylina coil is effective for five years for contraception. 
and the JDIS coil is effective for three years for contraception. A Tom tip for you, the intrauterine system to remember is the Mirena coil. It's commonly used for contraception, menorrhagia, and endometrial protection for women on hormone replacement therapy, or HRT. It's licensed for five years for contraception, but only for four years when used for HRT. The intrauterine system works by releasing levonorgestrel, which is a progestogen, into the local area. And this thickens the cervical mucus, alters the endometrium to make it less accepting of implantation, and inhibits ovulation in a small number of women. The intrauterine system can be inserted up to day 7 of the menstrual cycle without a need for additional contraception. If it's inserted after day 7, pregnancy needs to be reasonably excluded and extra protection, for example condoms, is required for 7 days. There are a few benefits to the intrauterine system. They can make periods lighter or stop the periods altogether. They can improve dysmenorrhea or painful periods or pelvic pain associated with endometriosis. They have no effect on bone mineral density, unlike the depot injection. They have no increase in the risk of thrombosis, unlike the combined pill. There's no restriction for use in obese patients, unlike the combined pill. And the Mirena coil has additional uses where it can be used as part of hormone replacement therapy and menorrhagia or heavy periods. Meaning for some women who need a combination of contraception, hormone replacement therapy or treatment for menorrhagia, the Mirena coil can be useful in treating all three. There are a few drawbacks to the intrauterine system. A procedure is required to insert and remove it with associated risks. It can cause spotting or irregular bleeding. Some women experience pelvic pain. It doesn't protect against sexually transmitted infections. It can increase the risk of ectopic pregnancies. It can increase the incidence of ovarian cysts. There can be systemic absorption of the progestogen, causing side effects of acne, headaches or breast tenderness. And intrauterine devices can occasionally fall out in around 5% of cases. Next let's talk about the problematic bleeding that can occur with the intrauterine system. Irregular bleeding can occur particularly in the first 6 months and this usually settles with time. Alternative causes of irregular bleeding need to be excluded where it continues including a sexual health screen, pregnancy test and ensuring cervical screening is up to date. The FSRH guidelines suggest taking the combined oral contraceptive pill in addition to the levonorgestrel intrauterine system for three months where problematic bleeding occurs to help settle the bleeding. Obviously, contraindications to the combined pill need to be excluded first. Finally, let's talk about actinomyces-like organisms on smear tests. Actinomyces-like organisms are often discovered incidentally during smear tests in women with an intrauterine device or coil. This does not require treatment unless the patient is symptomatic. Where they have symptoms, for example pelvic pain or abnormal bleeding, removal of the intrauterine device may be considered. So thanks for listening to this episode on coils. 
As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about emergency contraception.